Uh, today's podcast is really special. Uh, it's about the refreshed rice that we've all heard of, read about, and seen across our locations. Uh, so today I'm going to grill you a little bit about the new rice philosophy, as well as one aspect within the philosophy, which I know is very dear to your heart. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's get started. Uh, so tell our audiences firstly a bit about the refreshed rice philosophy and uh, what, do, what, what, what is the need to refresh it? Brinda, it's uh, exciting and energizing to talk about this today with you. When the Mahindra Group introduced rice in 2011, we didn't just launch a brand mantra, we triggered a movement. In over a decade since then, rice and its tenets accepting no limits, alternative thinking, and driving positive change has become an integral part of our DNA and is reflected in each of our actions. For example, you know, if I have to reach out on something which needs to get done and I don't have too much time, I would just say team rights and people would understand what I'm saying, right? So it's become that much a part of our DNA. Now, the last decade, has changed the world in diverse ways, more specifically with the rise of disruptive technologies, the startup ecosystem, climate change, the pandemic, the war, so much happening in the world today. And uh, while rice as it exists is extremely powerful, the time has now come to refresh rice to make it relevant with the times. The Mahindra group has had a rice refresh. And as you're aware, we have three new pillars in place now. Rise for a more equal world. Rise to be future ready. Rise to create value. And uh, this is much more broader, is more relevant with the current times and uh, uh, is indeed exciting and uh, energizing. Thanks, thanks, uh, CTL. Uh, while I know there are three pillars and many aspects to those three pillars, I'm also aware that there is one particular aspect in the second pillar, uh, which is very, very close to your heart. And uh, that's customer focus, which comes under the rise to be future ready pillar, right? Uh, so tell our audiences today, you know, why do you think uh, customer focus was chosen to be such a key part of, you know, the rise pillars? Uh, why is it so important and why, why, is, why is there so much of a stress on customer focus? you know that we work with Fortune 1000 customers. Uh, in the Enterprise America's business, 45% of our customers have been with us for 10 years or more. Right, and uh, uh, I look at this and say, they could deal with anybody, right? Every large competitor of ours, the large, medium, small competitors of ours want to deal with them, right? And so, I've always thought deeply about why is it that customers would like to deal with us for decades and what is it that we need to do to keep them as our customer for decades to come, right? And so we thought deeply about it as a team. And what we came to the conclusion that if you take the top five competitors, six competitors, all of us would be within 5%, 10% of each other when it comes to competitive offerings. So at the foundation, the core differentiator is trust. That, that foundation called trust is what we build the, you know, building on, which is, you know, ensuring that we have customers who are there with us for decades and who trust us, right? And so when we looked at this, we said, if there was only one thing that we do professionally, what would that be? 
And the answer came out loud and clear, and that was we focus on customer delight. So what is customer delight? It's a very cheesy word. What does customer delight mean? Customer delight means that you will keep what is good for the customer at the center of everything you do. And I always say that you can't go wrong by doing what's right. You know, another very simple statement. You know, it looks very naive as well when you say it. But, you know, when you say that you will do what is right for the customer, we thought about it deeply. There are many things you'd have to do. The first is, we said we have to have happy employees come into work. Offshore, on-site. And uh, happy employees will come in, will make magic happen, will go above and beyond, right? And so our leaders have to create an environment where people can travel the distance between good and exception, where only one thing matters, merit, right? And so if you create that environment, you'll have people who come into work who are happy and who will further the agenda for our customers all the time. This is number one. Number two, in the last 10 years, Technology has completely changed, right? Artificial intelligence, machine learning, deep learning, the metaverse, Web 3.0. My God, I've not in my 30-year career, I've not seen so much technology change in a short period of time. And these are technologies that will help our customers win in the marketplace. They are expecting us to hold them by their hand and guide them and to navigate these changes in technology, to be able to leverage these technologies to win in the marketplace, which means there are two things. One is we have to understand the customer's domain extremely well, right? We'll have to anticipate changes happening in their marketplace. They expect us to come to them with proactive ideas that can help them win in the marketplace, leveraging these technologies, right? So we strengthen the domain aspect, understanding of the domain aspect, and we trained our employees on the latest technologies. During the pandemic, it was training, bit-sized training anytime, anywhere on the mobile phone, right? So our training division did a fabulous job making that happen. And so that was the second part of it. The third part of it was, is more difficult. When you say you will do what is right for the customer, Vrinda, it's a very abstract thing. You know, what, you know, and I'll give you a practical example. In, with one of our customers, we had a team which was 1,000 people doing testing, right? And uh, the team there came back and they were excited. They said, there is an automation idea. And if you deploy that, you'd be able to do this with 500 people. And everyone was excited. When the manager on the ground woke up, who's responsible for revenues, and he said, oh my God, if 1,000 people drop to 500 people, what will happen to my target versus actuals? It will go down. And then they came up with an even brainier idea. They said, why don't we stagger this over three years so that the impact is not felt on our PNL? So this went through different cycles, and we deliberately let it evolve. And then we had a discussion as a leadership team, and we took a decision. We said, when we say what is right for the customer, it means we have to believe in it, we'll have to act in it, and the decisions that leaders take is what will determine whether this is just a cheesy statement or whether it becomes a part of the DNA of this company. So we took a decision that day that we will implement automation, we let go of these 500 people, revenues dropped, the PNL got hit, the EBITDA went down. But the relationship two years. 
in two years, business has grown up by 35%. The quality of relationship with the customer is different. And so once this was done, we celebrated this. We said, these are the people who took revenues down, but then revenues went up. And this is the reason. Once you celebrate that, it's now been replicated across the board. It's making that trust foundation very, very, very strong, right? And you know something that competition will not be able to break into, right? And so that is what I mean by customer delight. And that's why it's core to our you know, RICE philosophy and why that will differentiate us vis-a-vis -vis our competitors for decades to come. Awesome. Brilliant example. Lose the revenues, grow the relationship. Uh, great, great story there. Thanks so much, CTL. And I love the fact about, you know, you create happy employees, you create a happy company, and in turn, you create a happy customer. That goes without saying, yeah. Uh, so tell me, customer experience is, you know, ubiquitous. It's it's across everywhere. Like, we experience it in our personal lives also. Uh, so any particular example that stands out uh, that you have experienced in terms of customer delight being on the other side of the table? As a customer, uh, you want to share any examples? Brinda, you know, I lived in a place called Ashland uh, in the Boston suburbs for 23 years. And for all the 23 years, I've used a company called the Tommy's Cab Company. And you know how much I travel, right? Getting the right taxi, you know, to take me from one point to another is very reliable, is very, very important to me. Right. And so the first time I experienced Tommy's taxi was when I set up an appointment and uh, I had this grueling three city, four city, one week trip and I was tired and uh, the plane landed. I woke up and I called this cab guy for the first time and I told him the flight has landed in Boston. I'm walking out and he said, uh, yeah, walk out. I'm waiting. But the flight flight is not landed in Boston. There was turbulent weather. And uh, they have diverted it to a nearby airport, which was about 30 miles away, which means all these announcements were made. I was so tired, I was sleeping, and didn't even know that the diversion had happened. Wow. Right? So I walk out, and he's waiting to receive me. And uh, that was my starting uh, relationship with Billy. His name is Billy. He's now a family friend. Right. He's driven me all this while and they buy up these beat up taxis. You know, the police drive these taxis for about 200,000 miles and then it's put up on auction. And so I sat in the taxi and I said, oh, my God, I'm not going to use this. Right. And uh, but Billy and the experience with Billy. So he has been my driver for 23 years. Wow. Right. Every time he picks me up. He knows, you know, because I drive my daughters around, they were going to school at that time. 107.9 was my favorite, was their favorite uh, uh, yeah, radio yeah. station, right? It, yeah. uh, it played all those young singers, which people don't normally associate with me. But when I step in, always on time, the seats will be pushed back because I'm a six foot, three and a half inch guy. The front seat will always be pushed so that I have enough space to sit at the back. The radio station that would play would be 107.9. He would know what is the temperature in the car that I like. And God forbid, if I sneeze, out would come, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, a tissue, you know. Uh, and, you know, there's, there's this separate uh, uh, meter kind of thing that they have, which is brightly lit. And so he would put a towel on top of it so that it's a bad car. The car, you know, the springs are bad. You know, he couldn't change all that. But my experience was unbelievable. I've quoted him as an example of customer experience to 
to our teams. Over many years, he became a family friend. When we had the party, you know, we had a party, you know, to say bye to everybody when we moved to Dallas. And Billy was right there in center. He always wears shorts. So he said, you're calling me to this party. Do you think I should wear a suit and come? Right. So it was so nice. And uh, at one point, uh, Brenda, I said, you know, why don't you ask your owner to buy a nice black limo? I'll pay more money. And he went in, he talked with her and she immediately rejected the idea. And he went and told her, I'll buy the suit at my expense. Right. It was so cute. <laughs> right, that's my experience of how you know what customer delight means. You know, I learned from him. A part of what I said about customer delight is all about this. Beautiful, beautiful story there, uh, CTF. Thanks so much for sharing that. Um, so uh, again, coming back to Techim, um, how how do you feel customer centricity will uh, help us deliver excellence that's uh, future centric? You know, future focused. Anything that comes to mind? Yeah, you know, uh, the technologies, the digital technologies I spoke about are now making customers reimagine their service offering to their customers, right? So if your customer does not adapt these technologies and change the way the game is played, they're going to lose out with their competitors. And so I want to take this example of a large bank that we work with, the vision was how can we enable someone to buy a million dollar mortgage sitting in the porch of their house without coming into a branch at all, right? And so when this was explained, we said, oh my God, because I bought this mortgage when I uh, bought my first house and you have to visit the bank many times, you'll have to sign your life off, right? It's such a horrible experience. So we brought in our customer experience team, you know, that we bought Bond and Bio and these excellent companies which do customer experience transformation and behavior change management. For the first time, we spent time with potential customers saying, how would you like an online experience, right? And uh, then we got into their shoes, reimagined their journey to make it frictionless as possible. Long story short, now, uh, filling an application for mortgage is done in 40 minutes. Disbursing the loan happens in four days, right? During the pandemic, the bank's business, mortgage business went up by 387%. Wow. They are a key differentiator in the market, right? And a whole lot of technology, I made, you know, I'm making it sound very easy. A whole lot of technologies went into making this happen, right? Uh, it was born in the web kind of an app very sleek, very nicely designed, light. But in the back end, it was connected to 30 different legacy systems, including mainframes. So when someone hit enter, a whole lot of things had to happen to make this end-to-end -end experience great, right? And so today, you know, understanding customer experience, behavior change management, knowing the customer's legacy environment, um, you know, uh, and then you're coming right up front to understand customer expectation and then stitching all of this, collaborating with an external startup that did fraud detection. So you scan your driver's license, right? It does 24 different fraud checks instantaneously. That is how you're able to deliver this experience in such a record time to the customer. Putting all of this together and owning the customer experience end to end is, I think, the biggest difference. And that, you know, the satisfaction is that adopting all these digital technologies, we delivered this in 26 weeks end to end, offshore and on site. And we have the satisfaction now. We are seen as a thought leader by the customer, 
right? A, a partner who's helping them win in the marketplace. And two, we, you know, we've demonstrated that our understanding of the technology is now helping the customer win in the marketplace and making them future ready. So, you know, I'm so thrilled with this experience. And so awesome. is the customer. Awesome. So, Sidian, your your energy, your focus is is clearly very, very visible and hopefully infectious as well. Uh, but I want to know how do you kind of translate or transfer the energy that you have uh, to the hundreds and thousands of associates who work with us? How do you kind of uh, get them to be as focused about customer delight as you are? What are the steps we are taking, you know, to build that passion and focus uh, towards customer centricity? Yeah, you know, you make me think, uh, Rinda. Uh, you, you know, many, many years ago, I always travel a lot, right? I travel three days a week, uh, once a year, day, most of the times. And uh, when I travel, 90% of our time used to be spent with customers. And that's when I realized how many places can one individual be at a time, right? The magic will happen only if your people are passionate. You, they understand. Uh, the rice philosophy. They understand that customer delight is at the center of the uh, is should be at the center of everything we do. So I changed that tactic a bit, and I think that paid off rich dividends for me. Today, when I travel, fifty percent of the time is with our employees, listening, learning, and we have such smart people on the ground, passionate people on the ground, great energy. You know, they want to come in and do so many things above and beyond, right? And so just channelizing that energy. Uh, has been the biggest satisfaction of my life. It's been such a big learning experience for me because you learn so much when you listen, right? And so, you know, we've enabled our employees to now rise and uh, it's exposed us to talent. When you do all this, you find out which are the next six or seven or 10 people in an account who are willing to step up, take responsibilities and get to the next level, who are willing to learn new technologies and so on and so forth. So, what has happened is the learnings from here has resulted in two programs that we rolled out our women leadership development program because when i started visiting uh, you know and talking to our employees and customers more than 50% of our cios you know customers who are cios in our patch are women and we were going to the table with 98% men Right. And so we realized that that was something very wrong. Uh, right. And so we've now launched a program which Sarah is driving uh, along with Yogesh and our training, brilliant training team. And they focus on taking our women leadership co component to 30 percent. Uh, that is 30 percent of all leaders in our patch will be women. We are today 70. We've reached 17 percent. The fourth batch has passed out. We've created another landmark program called the Ascenders. And Ascenders is training uh, people in the latest cutting edge technologies and they'll be at the vanguard of this battle helping our customers transform right and so the, the, we also have now uh, uh, you know gone through the fourth batch of ascenders people who are getting in to you know lead from the technology front right and so what i've realized is uh, as a leader you have to you have to give, you have to lay out a vision right that vision has to be simple it can't be complicated. It has to be communicated again and again and again and again till it gets into the DNA of your people. And more important, you cannot say one thing and do another because the field will get very, very confused. So you have to lay this down and then stick to it. Right. And when you stick to it, you know, and you create and you focus on customer delight uh, during the worst of times, like during the pandemic last year. 
when in the first quarter, we didn't know what was going to happen, Brenda. The only thing we said is, don't go to the customer thinking of your targets, thinking of what is good for you, thinking of what how you'll make your incentives. The customer is going through pain. Think of the customer, think of the pain, and go to the table after doing a homework on how you can you know, make their, ensure that their pain is taken away and the role that we can play in doing it. And we were saying, my God, you know, while we were saying all this and we were right, we were wondering how this would play out. One year down the line, our business has grown 20% year on year during the pandemic, just because we focused on the basic. And that's why I think the culture we develop, the vision we lay out, and the role we play as leaders is so important. And once you do that, down the line, everyone becomes a leader. You know, Robin Sharma brought out this brilliant you know, book called Leaders Without Title. Right, where people do the th right the things because it's the right thing to do, right? And so it's like, you know, you're walking across in the road, there's a piece of paper. Without asking a question, someone would pick up that paper and put it in the waste paper basket. That's a culture that we need to create. And I'm glad to see that every day now, I'm seeing over the last eight years, that is getting into the DNA of our people, right? Individuals are leaders. They take decisions, right? And they know that the leaders will back them up. Uh, because they are following a guideline on the vision that you've laid out, which is simple, which is focused on customer centricity. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, walk the talk, think like the customer and delight the customer. I think, yes, your messages are very clear and loud and clear, CTL. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, great insights there and more importantly, great stories. I love them. And uh, we will come back to you for more such stories. Uh, stay tuned and thank you so much for joining us once again.